0: You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. It's hard because one of my biggest things is I want to be able to use my journey and what I've learned to expand it to the African-American community and let them know like, look, there's this amazing thing out there that it hasn't been hidden from us, you know, not really. But we just haven't figured it out yet because we're still so stuck in what we used to be and where we should be. But if you could just really pay attention, this thing is so awesome. It'll take you on a whole different level. Uh-huh. And I want to, and I try to share the information. And some people get it, but they're still like,
1: you're "Crazy <laughs> girl, you crazy?
0: <laughs> like, are you serious? Like, you're telling me I don't need education? I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. Right? You need to be educated, baby. You, you need your education. <laughs> so I'm saying there's different ways to go about
2: getting it. I trust children. Fear of the Free Child is a weekly podcast that centers diverse narratives, insightful commentary,
0: learning with our children and de-schooling ourselves,
2: owning our multiple identities and treating children with dignity, creating community and sharing conversation from often silenced spaces. I can't imagine that you listen to this podcast and have never asked this particular question before. Can you imagine what life would be like if you started unschooling or self-directing your learning at 18, 19? (laughs) Can you imagine how things would be different? What mistakes you would not have made? What mistakes you would have happily made and learned from if your perspective, if your mindset about learning and living and liberation were different than the one that you're currently deschooling from now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when I first started asking that question, it used to piss me off. But now it really feels like a source of motivation because every stage of the journey calls for some level. Of deschooling, at least for us. And a part of my deschooling journey is realizing how to channel that energy, going from the heights of festivity <laughs> to something like a podcast where I can connect with other people who are upset about the shit and figuring out what to do. One of the people that I've connected with is someone who is 19. Listen, I told my patrons how excited I am about this episode with Chantries. I Cannot tell you how lit up I get when I meet younger people who really understand it and want to use their voice to help other people understand it. <sighs> ah, is one of those people. So we're gonna talk today about her deschooling journey. We're gonna talk about when she finally said, you know what, this is where I am. I don't want college anymore. I'm actually now gonna be working at the Sudbury School. I love it. And I want to lean all the way into self-directed education. Being able to own yourself in that way at that age is something that I know a lot of us would not have been able to do. We would have just either lied about it or left school and been like hella salty towards our parents. You know, all of these different things that happen when we really take a stop (laughs) and say, what does it mean to own myself? And what does it mean if I want to navigate the world in a way that I feel empowered by and not just going through the motions of. Well, that's what Chantrice did at like 17, 18 years old, and now she's about to be 20. And you're going to hear how that decision and the actions around that decision are really, really opening up how she learns, how she lives, and how she earns her money. (laughs) So let's get into it with Chantrice. Let's start by talking about her de-schooling story.
0: I was not satisfied with the person that I was because I feel like I wasn't true to myself. I was just talking about today, I was like, I feel like I finally reached my goal. I finally know who I am and what I want and how I want to exist in this world. I think having the time to actually, like we say, de-school has been one of the best things for me because I realized that I was really stuck in the school mindset. And in some places, I still am. But I'm not as far in it as I used to be. For I say, a good, for a month I was just stagnant, and I hated it. But I noticed that it was necessary in this process that I was going through. I would just sit around for a long time at the school, and I'm like, why am I just being so still right now? Like, do something. My coworker, I love her to death. That she would be reading all these things. I'm like, I need to start reading more. I'm like, oh my gosh because I wasn't going to sit there and pick up a book. It just wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the phase I was going through at the time. And I went through that phase for a good four months and it scared me. <laughs> I was like, why am I not learning anything? But I realized that those four months I was learning the most from observing the kids at the school to actually taking time with myself. I started getting my own care routine, making sure I um, took time for myself mentally and physically. So In that process, I actually was able to find myself more.
2: How do you think you would have been different had you stayed on the straight and narrow path and did it the right way and went to college? What do you think you'd be like now approaching your 21st birthday?
0: I... Would not be the person that you see or that you're talking to right now. I, this confidence mm-hmm. that I have, this glow that I feel like I yes.
1: have.
0: <laughs> this, <laughs> this person that knows who she is and will not take any BS from anybody. She would not be here today because I felt like I was still trying to be who my parents wanted me to be and try to be an image of them instead of reflecting who I want to be
2: you still needed to explore and identify and get comfortable with your own voice. And you couldn't do that, even if they were coming from the best place telling you what to do. Yeah. That's definitely. such a hard thing for people to understand.
0: Definitely, I think we talked about this a little bit at the summit coming from African-American mu- communities, especially when um, we have so many people in our community who didn't go to higher education. And they feel like that's the only way out. And so they don't realize there's so many different paths to take. Half the millionaire billionaires out there did not finish college. They did not go through this path because they understood that that was not the best thing for their learning. And I think that once we get that through our brains, like this is not the normal way. (laughs) And we had to normalize going to college. I mean, for somewhere down the path, that might be where I end up. Now, for my learning, I'm where I need to be. I see so many of my friends torturing themselves. Too busy trying to be what society wants them to be and be what their parents want to be, that they forget who they are. Yeah. And I refuse to be that anymore.
2: <laughs> yes, thank you. How do you come back? Yeah, okay, I'm not judging you, but I know you're frustrated and I know you are going through the same cycle, and I know it's not necessary. How do you deal with that at your stage in the journey?
0: It's hard talking to people. I don't even try to have the conversation no where I only talk to people who are willing to listen.
2: Yes. Like I will
0: post my different stuff on my Instagram. And if people respond to it, then I'll have a conversation with them and I'll talk to them. But if you don't, you don't. Like, I'm not about to try to force this upon you because maybe you're just not ready to receive it. Exactly. Yet.
2: You know what? That's a part of you owning yourself, too, that you have to. Realize when you're letting people drag you in and out of their thing. We had a conversation about this too, Chantries. So many people say to me, you know, why don't you go to these spaces or why don't you talk about this issue? And nah, I know what gets me fired up. And I also know for my own self care as the leader of myself that it isn't healthy for me to focus so much of my energy pushing back against the people who are like, what about math? What about this? When there's so many people (laughs) who are saying, I get that. Math is only math in a subject matter in the confines of school. In the real world, math is everywhere, and there are many ways to engage with it interestingly, or I don't have to deal with certain levels of it at all, actually. Exactly. There's enough conversation around that to really break that down, to really show a parent who cares that their kid gets frustrated when they can't share the food equally. So we can talk about how fractions work in that context because it makes perfect sense for that kid. There are enough people who care about that for me to go in that direction, both for myself and also for the people who I'm going to frustrate when you come across me the wrong way, because you're not, you and I aren't in the same place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's why I love being at the Suburban school, because I get a chance to practice my voice, because we have a lot of open houses and a lot of events where I get to speak. And mm-hmm. I must say, when I first got there, I was terrified. I did not know who I was. And it took me until like maybe the last two or three months that she's like, I know what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what, I live this every day. I'm with these kids, witness this happening. Like, I know what I'm talking about. Like, I yeah. can answer these questions. I'm confident in what I have to say. And I think that was the biggest thing for me, gaining my confidence in who I was and what I believe in.
2: So why do you think that you didn't my- get that in school? Because isn't school where we're supposed to go to build those life skills, <laughs> Shantree? What's wrong with you? Why didn't you get it there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what <they> told us. <laughs> I think that
0: is not right. Um, I think school is the reason why I didn't have any confidence from being bullied from by teachers, students, all the way around. I really, and then just society as a whole feeling like I had to fit into this certain mold. I mean, I recently, last year I cut off all my hair and I was like, I need it, I need something new. I had to learn how to embrace my natural self, who I am and what I am. I learned how to express myself through finding my confidence in who I am um the school system does not teach that at all and it's so unfortunate that they say it is sad because a lot of parents feel like their children are getting so many life skills from school and I'm like where we can all see where we have not gained any of these life skills like look around you are you not in this world with me Where have we received any of these life skills? You're at 30, 40 years old, and you don't even know how to be a true friend to somebody. You don't even know how to have an adult conversation with somebody. And Mm. I know kids that are four and five year olds who can express themselves so intelligently, emotionally. Are you serious?
2: That's right. No. That's right. And what people will tell you is that those children that you're talking about, the young people who are so great at that, they'll say, well, they're gifted, you know, or their <laughs> parents sent them to the right school, or they're going to tie it back to something else. Of course, you are going to have some children who are more vocal. Of course, you're going to have some who tend to write better, or whatever, you know, the category is. But if we are all in a place where we're understanding, how to communicate with each other and not compete with each other all the time. You learn how to benefit from the differences in how people communicate and as opposed to trying to bring everybody up to one mediocre standard and then make everything comparison based. And that's where I think that confidence building comes from in self-directed education because you start to see people as part of what builds you up. As opposed to something that that is thinking, why don't you know what I know, or look how I can show you up, which is most so, more so what happens in school and society.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Then we do a lot of reflections at the end of the month, and that positive feedback and even sometimes negative feedback. I used to hate it, like that's kind of me like I didn't do that <laughs> like uh oh <Like>, girl stop <laughs> and now I'm so receptive to it I'm like okay that's something I need to work on it's nothing that they're trying to be they're not trying to criticize me they're just saying I've noticed this this is something that you need to work on and through that I, I feel like I'm a brand new person I want to thank my SSA family for that
2: I'm really, really happy to hear that because I know from just hearing a little bit about your story, Shantrice, that it's so easy to get caught up in the idea of what you should be doing, which is like being really immersed in college right now and thinking about your future and who you're gonna marry, how many babies we have gonna live. You know, all these ideas of how we should be looking forward. But what I love about you is that you're in a stage where you're saying, I'm looking at right now, like I'm talking about who I am right at this moment how I feel in my body, how confident I feel about my voice, even the things that you're talking about, being able to accept constructive criticism. There are people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s that still don't know how to do that, who still get super defensive, who still see their mistakes as shortcomings, who still see stillness as a problem and not as a part of actually growth. So tell us, Shantris, about how you got to where you are now. As you said, you had your own de-schooling journey. So Shantris pre-de-schooling, tell us about that life.
0: Lost, confused. (laughs) (laughs) Still trying to follow a path that was set for me and not created by me. I always knew I wanted to work with kids. I always knew that I wanted to tear down the educational system some way, somehow, but I was going to knock it down. I was not liking the schools that I went to, the environment that I was in. It was very toxic, and I'm really surprised I made it out, (laughs) to be honest. So going Mm -hmm. into college, I still wanted to do education. I knew that's it. That's me. Did a few educational classes in high school, so I had a taste of it. I was like, I'm ready for it. it." (laughs) But the only thing that was stopping me was those few years of going back to doing basic math, basic science, basic social studies. I'm like, didn't I not just learn this for 12 years already? Like, why are you repeating the same thing? Right. And after a while, I got bored. I mean, I always been bored in school, always wondering, like, why am I learning this stuff? And it has nothing to do with anything that's done in real life. Like, why don't I know how to do taxes? Like, why are we not yeah. doing math classes about that? Like, why don't I know how to buy a house? I'm out here in this real world and I have no clue what to do. I'm calling my mom and dad every minute. Like, okay, so I need to make a doctor's appointment, but um, I don't know how to do this.
2: <laughs> yeah, so many of us don't do that because you know you're not the one weirdo. So many of us yes. through the exact same thing and then you feel embarrassed. So you're not talking to people about it. So then some of us are defensive but really, we're scared. But really, all of us are in a different versions of the same position.
0: Exactly. And so I think it got to a point, where I think around this time last year, I was still trying to push myself to finish college. I was like, I'm going to do this. And I ended up getting some pretty decent grades, but I found out about Sudbury. And I was <laughs> like, what? Well, you can go but <laughs> You don't really have to do school work. <laughs> what is this about? Like y'all folks been holding back from me? Like what's this? Stop playing with me. And I looked it up and I ended up contacting the Subbury School of Atlanta and I went up there. I had three interviews in one day it was for daycare. After I left the daycare, I was like, I'm going to go to that suburb school. They're not answering my calls and stuff, but I'm going to go up there. I'm going to let <laughs> them know, like, I want this job. I don't care if you're not hiring. I'm coming up
2: there. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: I went up there, and I had just cut my hair and dyed it orange, and the people there had blue, purple, <laughs> pink, and I was like, I found my tribe. Yes. These are my people. <laughs> I can. I don't feel like the weirdo out here. <laughs> um. <laughs> And at the time, they weren't hiring. It was like, we're going to get back in contact with you when the school semester starts. So all summer, I was working in fast food still. And. I got tired of it. I was like, yo, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And they had told me, that's when I learned about your podcast. <laughs> I was yes. going on road trips. Like, girl, you need to listen to this, girl. Like, you an educa- you want to be, you an education major, right? Girl, listen to this because yes. you're not learning about the real stuff oh, out there. Okay, right? hey, listen to this podcast. That's <laughs> what we need
2: to get right there. We need to do some free stuff for education majors so they can come on over. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> I've been trying to, like, get a couple of my friends, like, just come on to the dark side. Like, let's, let's rock this system together. <laughs> yes. I, th- I think I ended up quitting the job. I was like, yo, I can't do this. I want to do what I love. I quit. And I started volunteering at Sudbury for free. So I was not having any income. Mm-hmm. And I was still, at the time, trying to, like, go to school. I moved out of my apartment, and I moved back in with my dad. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do online classes. So.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I did online classes when really I was reading books about Subbury and-
2: That's studying. That's studying.
0: <laughs> Telling my mom it was like science work and stuff. <laughs> she's like, yeah, you're doing good It's school. I'm like, yeah, girl, you don't see that book and that notebook down there. Really, I'm like writing down stuff that I learned about Subbury and stuff that I hear on the podcast. <laughs>
2: you know what? The studies, that's the thing. You cannot not learn. You are studying something. But your studies were self-directed. Yeah.
0: Sooner later, I ended up moving to be a full time staff member at the Sudbury School, and the cat came out of the bag that I was no longer actually doing college work. It was very rough. It was very rough. I knew it was going to be rough, and I think that's why I didn't say anything for so long. And My friends were like, Shane, you have to tell your parents. I'm like, I'm going to keep this going as long as I can. You don't know who my parents are. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Do you not want me to have a place to stay? Can you <laughs> right. please be quiet? <laughs> do you not realize, like, I'm actually pursuing the career that I've been saying I wanted to pursue? Like, hello, I'm, I'm working at a school. I'm 20. I'm 20. Doing what I said I want to do while my friends are still collecting debt. And they mm-hmm. are, have not started working yet. Like, can I get a little tutu? <laughs> I'm
2: doing Isn't something that with my life. you see how that's not the thing that's celebrated, Shantree? like the very same thing that people go get degree after degree or try to make the right connections to do. You're doing it in the real world setting. And still, not just your parents, the majority of people and not just grown folks, all different age will be like, well, why she didn't finish school? It's <laughs> in the twilight zone.
0: I hear it every day. Like I'll meet somebody new and they're like, so what do you do? I'm like, Working at school as a staff member. How old are you? I'm twenty, huh? Oh, I'm not in school. How are you a teacher without a degree, (laughs) Paul? I'm like, um, everybody is a teacher. Do you not realize that? I don't have to have a degree to watch these kids grow and learn and to help them find out what they want to be in life. Like, I don't need that. They have teachers all around them. That's right, assisting them,
2: which is even more powerful because then you show them how to find their teachers and how to be teachers. This is what I love about folks who work in self-directed education. Marley, my oldest was just talking about the benefits of being around her facilitators at Heartwood. She's like, you're being treated like a person. And so you learn to communicate to people. I thought that was so profound because it is true that most children only really know how to communicate to other children. With adults, they're used to adults talking at them. But Mar feels really confident that she knows how to speak to people as people, in part because she's around adults who don't treat her like the little student and themselves like the powerful, all-knowing teacher. So I love that you said that. Like, no, everybody's a teacher. That's not how learning works. You draw from all sorts of resources.
0: Definitely. I think, like you said, like them knowing that I'm equal to them and that their superior has made a big difference. Because even me just being a part of that, I was thinking like, man, I used to work jobs where I would be terrified of somebody that I had a higher position than I was afraid to talk to them, or they'll be on the same level as me. And because they're an adult, I would be afraid to speak with them. And that's crazy, because we're all human, like you're on the same level as me. I'm probably a little bit smarter than you to be
1: honest, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm terrified to talk to you just because of your age
2: It's, ridiculous. and I love the
0: fact that they are so confident and so able to speak with me as. I'm just a friend to them. I mean, I've grown friendships with my friends are four and five-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds.
2: Which is why this work of self-directed education is so powerful, because when people make connections like that, if you're in a space where you're talking to somebody who's seven, eight, nine, or even 17, and you're older or younger, think about the different things you can build together, because each of you have access to a whole different set of resources. As opposed to people in a classroom when you're stuck with people who are the same age as you, have about the same life experience as you. It's ridiculous. It, it makes no sense in terms of, like, progress and organization. But we do it all day.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, at Subber's Schools we have school meetings once a week. Some of the things that we had to vote on these really serious issues. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, these kids really understand what we're talking about. And once we actually break it down to them, they make some of the most intelligent decisions. I'm just like, oh, why do I even doubt you guys? Like, <laughs> oh, why do I even doubt you guys? This is why I love you guys. This is why I'm here because each time you prove me wrong and you yes. prove that you guys are just as smart as I am, probably even a little bit
2: smarter. Exactly, because you view them as people. And what's so powerful about you getting this sort of knowledge and experience at your age, Chantrice, is that you now can be like a liaison between younger people and other adults, you know, of varying stages of adulthood, because they're going to believe you. They're not going to believe the kid, but they'll believe you. So you now, your de-schooling process is gonna be a lot shorter than, say, mine, you know, where it started for me when I had my first child at 26. And then it wasn't until they were in school for a couple years before I was like, okay, like for real, for real, I get it, get it. It's <laughs> much, but for you, there's no way that it's gonna take you that long to get it because you're having the direct experience now, which is why I'm like, man, Chantries, we gotta figure out ways to share this more intergenerationally because there's no reason. For people to suffer through teenage years and before that and early adulthood yes. before we have these awakenings. It is not necessary. We don't have to suffer and cause children to suffer in the meantime.
0: It's really sad and that's why I was like ecstatic <laughs> when you came up to me. I was like oh my
1: gosh guys like you were like she's talking to me
0: talking. because my biggest thing was I know I have this voice I'm sorry for screaming in your face the first time we met go, oh my gosh
2: so I'm totally fine with it now we're here
0: but my thing is I have this voice and I have all this information and I have this knowledge that I want to share with so many people because like you said to me just because Everybody won't get it. I'll still have my small group of core people that will, and that will ride with me and will understand it and I can build with them. And my next step is finding out how will I get this information to them? How will we build? Where are we going next? We got it now. Where are we going next?
2: <laughs> Drops the mic. Drops the mic. Exactly. <laughs> we I love it. I love that that's your perspective on it too, because a lot of the people that I encounter are older, 50s and 60s, and it feels new and scary. And they're like, okay, give me the 55 steps of how to do it. You know, like my left eye is twitching. There's a part of me understands because I was there at one point. But then the other part of me is like, dude, if you just have the basic idea that people are people, no matter how old they are, and that education isn't confined to some sort of institution and rows of seating, can we just move past that? Can we look at ways now to get this into different communities? Can we look at the different ways that people need to have SDE show up because it, it has a bunch of different ways to do it? Can yes. we talk about, you know, maker spaces?
1: And a little bits spread out, you know, things can really, really, really transform. And I think using technology and stuff like that, if people learn to use the tools, you can have things happening asynchronously because we're all on different schedules, you know, all of our lives are so different. And so really like make things work where we live at home, you know, whatever the kind of theme or idea is. And the reason that we're kind of trying to do these little mini things is to try to show people like, this is what we can be doing as a whole. My daughter wants to learn about podcasting. So, you know, I found a person who's doing podcast workshops and I'm trying to put people together so people can see. I can do this for my family, but I can also be sharing it with the community and all our kids are learning it together, kids that are into it. And things like this summer program that we want to put together, that's an example of getting the youth engagement and, and youth leadership, getting them to be on these planning committees and stuff like that. So all these things on the what's coming up part of our website those things are things that we're trying to do as examples of this is what it can be like you know this is what everybody can be doing and we can have all kinds of stuff you know just depending on whatever our kids interests are or our interests are because there's enough (laughs) conversations that go on where people just talk and talk and talk at infinitum
2: that was the voice of Angel Berry who you will be hearing from more often on this podcast Angel is a member of the Metro Atlanta self-directed slash homeschooling community. She has five daughters, and she and her husband, like many people who identify as homeschoolers, have some unschoolers in the mix and some children who transitioned into conventional schooling into the mix. (laughs) Some of whom are now like, oh, why did I do that? (laughs) But they did get enough of the self-directed tools to hopefully channel that in a direction that is useful for them in their learning path. Anyway, one of the reasons that I'm so excited about bringing Gel's voice into the space more often is because she is all about community building and maker spaces. along with her best friend Stephanie, are part of a collaborative. They actually co-founded this collaborative of Educators, creatives, entrepreneurs, homeschoolers, self directed folks, and basically engage parents. They host in person and virtual experiences that are focused on building creativity and critical thinking with a focus on community. So, as you heard her say, there are many things that we can do asynchronously that is still part of that total synchronicity of making what needs to happen happen for your community. Tapping into the voices of families, including the young people in the families, and then collaborating to do the things that people want or need to get done, right? It, it sounds really simple, <laughs> but we are so schooled that we red tape the shit out of everything and make it really complicated and multilayered when it really doesn't need to be. So Angel is going to be sharing little snippets from various maker spaces throughout Metro Atlanta. Spaces where people are getting together to do the things they love to do. We're going to talk to some of the people who own these spaces, as well as the people who use these spaces, and even the ones where people are trying to create these spaces. Because on this podcast, you've heard a lot of people who have schools or learning centers or these sort of things. But we want to remember that this model, the self-directed model, means that you don't necessarily have to even have a school right? Because learning happens everywhere. So if we are collaborating to do the learning that we want to do, then it doesn't need to look like a formal structure. It doesn't even have to be a nonprofit. It's just people doing the shit they want to (laughs) do, pooling their resources to pay one person to do a thing or to do the things that are not about money, but it may take some time, which people of all ages, you're going to come across people who are like, yeah, I'm not I'm not doing this thing anymore. I stopped doing this, so I have time for this. So we gotta rethink what it means to go out there and get engaged and build community and learn. And Angel and Stephanie are about that life, been about that life, so I'm so happy that she is part of the mix. The show notes page for this episode, akilasrichards.com forward slash 5 is gonna have, of course, the link to Imagematics. And what I'm going to link to is actually their upcoming events page so you can see the sort of things that are happening in and around Atlanta and maybe even in your city, whatever city you're in, this sort of thing might work for you too. So y'all can get together and get it done. You can reach out to Angel, be like, what did you do about this part? This is what we're trying to do here. We're not just listening, right? Active. This is about moving forward. So I'm going to link to that page. They have the podcasting with TK. A podcasting workshop coming up. Super excited for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, that's going to be happening May 17th, 24th, and 31st, Podcasting with TK, which is uh, TK of Bonfire Radio. So you can register on imagimatics.com. I'm going to put that link on the show notes page, so go check it out. If you have the type of young person, who is really into self-expression verbally (laughs) or even sound engineering, you know, you might have a tinkerer in your mix, you definitely want to check out this podcast workshop. It is May 17th, 24th, and 31st with TK of Bonfire Radio. I will put the link on the show notes page and you'll be hearing more from Angel. We need to not just raise consciousness. We need to build on top of what's happening.
0: Exactly. Like, the things that are going on in this community is so beautiful. Like, I thank you, Heartwood, for having that summit because it opened my eyes to so much. I got so much information from you and your husband and everybody else that was there. Hey, <laughs> I ain't been doing nothing. Like, I need to step my game up. These people are... <laughs> are making some stuff happen. I'm like, you know what? It's okay because they're making it happen for themselves now. But see, I'm still young and I have a whole generation that's coming up behind me that yeah. I can help build for a in the future.
2: You are already doing that. You work where you work. You influence who you influence. You're already doing it. So it's Thank just to build on that. Yes, don't get it twisted. It's just to build on top of that, which is what you're doing as you get more and more comfortable with what you want to convey and who your tribe is and where your strengths are inside this movement.
0: Right, like, I'm, I'm going to leave my mark somehow.
2: Thank Best believe you. I'm going to
0: leave my mark somehow. And it's just how. That's all I'm trying to figure out. My next goal is finding my tribe. That's it. I just want to find my tribe and see what we can build.
2: I'm excited for you, and I'm excited to be one of your fans. I'm excited to <laughs> You know, she was on my podcast before you saw her.
0: No, all the praises <laughs> to you. All the praises to you. You, you helped me get to where I am. Your podcast has helped me through Good. my journey. Good. Thank you so much for this.
2: You're so welcome. Thanks for listening to Fair the
0: Free Child podcast. Like the show? Then show your love or give your feedback at AkilaSRichards dot
1: I love to sing. Mm, mm, yeah. I I love to dance, watch me tap my toes I love to smile, smile, smile I love to laugh Say ain't nobody gonna stop me, not me I'm gonna let my soul fly free, fly free Can't nobody stop me now I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna get out Cause I am so brave I am so brave, brave, brave I am so brave